Transfer of prayers. You know, it was November 2010, it was two and a half years ago now, that we issued a challenge to this body from Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Our goal at that point and our goal continues to be that we will seek the Lord for growth, not for the sake of growth, but because we need more laborers for the harvest. And that was our prayer then. That continues to be our prayer to this day. We've seen answers to this prayer in a lot of ways. A lot of you sitting here this morning came after we began to pray those prayers regularly, and we're grateful for that. There have also been additional things that have happened. Uh, additional prayer initiatives have uh, developed, including our monthly prayer advance. And uh, we have really witnessed and seen the power of ongoing, persistent prayer. So this morning what we hope to accomplish is to encourage all of us by giving testimony to God's answers to prayer. I'd love to hear testimonies uh, about God's answers to prayer specifically related to our Help Wanted Prayer Challenge. I'd also love to hear testimonies that God has answered prayers for pretty much anything in your life. Because, you know, the reality is we can often be praying for something else and God will direct us to pray for this at the same time. And then as he does that, he gives us encouragement by answering our prayers. You know, the truth is, sometimes we don't see answers to prayer. I mean, that's just a practical reality. Now, that doesn't mean God's not moving, but sometimes we just don't see answers to prayer. But I believe that when we see those answers to prayer, God allows us to see those things for the sake of encouraging our faith, for building our faith. It's almost as if God says to us, see, I am listening. See, I am moving. And so this morning as we come and, and bring testimonies, I hope that that's one of the things that we'll be able to recognize together. Let me tell you briefly this story. Many of you know, uh, because this is a very missions-minded church, many of you know who William Carey is. William Carey started out as a British cobbler. He was a shoemaker. He felt a deep burden for the nations of the world. He made a globe map of the world out of leather, and he tacked it up on his wall. And then while he worked on shoes, he prayed for the various nations. And eventually, the Lord made it possible for William Carey to go to India as one of the first missionaries to that land. He gave God, God gave William Carey tremendous abilities, and in fact, he translated the Bible into 37 different Indian dialects. But he didn't do these things on his own. While he labored in the distant land of India, back in England, William Carey had a sister whom he affectionately called Polly. Polly was bedridden, and she was almost completely paralyzed for 52 years. William wrote to Polly about all the details of his struggle to create primers and dictionaries in the various Indian dialects, as well as the difficulty of figuring out how to get these books typed and printed. And with every letter from William that she received, Polly lifted these needs up before the Lord. Every day for 52 years, she faithfully prayed for her brother. Now, there she is, Polly, for all intents and purposes, a quadriplegic, unable to work, unable to use her hands, 
but that didn't paralyze her prayer life. William Carey's efforts were blessed by God, and not only was India reached for Christ, but what he did became a model for modern missionaries, even to this day, all in part because there was a paralyzed woman, his sister, who chose to pray faithfully for 52 years. So a lot of people know about the work of William Carey, but not many people know about the sister behind the scenes whose prayers guaranteed the success of his efforts. Polly's testimony tells us that the life of any Christian can have huge repercussions for the kingdom. Think about this for a moment. If God can use bedridden quadriplegics to open doors to the gospel around the world, what can he do through our prayers? What can he do through our prayers? We need to think about that. A lot of times prayer is one of the last things on our list, but it should be the first thing. It should be the most important thing. A man named H.B. Charles wrote this, Prayer is our Christian duty. It's an expression of submission to God and dependence upon him. For that matter, prayer is arguably the most objective measurement of our dependence on God. Think of it this way. The things you pray about are the things you trust God to handle. The things you neglect to pray about are the things you trust you can handle on your own. I don't know about you, but I realize that I can't handle anything on my own. And I need the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I need his work in my life to handle those things in my life that I find challenging. So here's some instructions as we begin this morning. We're going to have this microphone up here. I don't think I'm going to put it on the stand because Steve has always told me in the sound booth that you kind of have to eat the mic. So you want to use the microphone like this. That's, that's, the, that's an old uh, TV expression, right, Steve? Eat the mic. You're not going to hold it down here because then Steve's going to have to crank it up and it's going to end up giving us feedback, okay? So hold the mic. I'm going to hand it to you when you come, okay? I'd like to ask out of respect for... All those who would like to bring testimonies, keep your testimonies in the three-minute range, okay? Now, I was going to tell you how it used to work in TV with the old signals. You know, this would mean, okay, you're done. This would mean stretch. I'm not going to be doing that to any of you. This would mean I'm going to choke you if you don't get done soon. No. So just seriously, out of respect for everybody, let's just take three, three minutes or so, okay? Uh, and if you know you have a testimony you'd like to give, just come and be seated. Don't wait till the person sits down so we don't spend a lot of time moving, okay? Just come and be seated. And then, and please stick with our theme. Our theme this morning is testimony about God's answers to prayer, okay? So keep that in mind as you come, all right? So let's come, and we're going to spend the next 20 to 30 minutes or so bringing testimonies to God's answers to our prayers. Amen? Okay, first I want to say thank you all for praying for our trip to China. God did answer far beyond what I could imagine and, and think. I had been praying to go back to China for 30-some years, and um, he began to open the doors for us to go back to China this spring. And when we contacted some missionaries, not from this church, but others that we know there, they called us back from Beijing, Shanghai, and emailed us from Hong Kong saying, please come. So we said, oh, okay, I think the Lord wants us to come. But even as we went, we did not have transportation um, after getting into Hong Kong in between those cities. 
And so I just wanted to say, it was really kind of scary because we could have maybe gotten some of that transportation by paying for those um, train tickets that we wanted, double the price of what it would have been when we got there. But we just felt, no, God wanted us to go out in faith and step by faith that he will provide those train tickets as we went. And to make a long story short, he did. Um, each of those train um, stops that we needed from Shenzhen to Xiamen, from Xiamen to Longang, to Longang to Shang, um, uh, I mean, from Shenzhen to Longang, Longang to Xiamen, Xiamen to Shanghai, Shanghai to Beijing. All of those tickets were miraculously provided for us as we went to the train ticket. And when we went to the trains, they were all full. So I thank the Lord we got places in those trains. Anyway, so God does as we step out in faith. I saw it was like Abraham who was said to go into the unknown land, and he needed to go. And he provides far more abundantly than we ask or think. And the other way he answered that prayer also is that we had invitations by, you know, three or four people, in, one in each of those towns in which we could stay. But there were other missionaries and other friends that we wanted to see. And we, again, those were not finalized until we got into those cities of which we saw. And God opened those doors, answered those prayers as we stepped into faith and got to see each of those families sharing the gospel um, several times with some of those that we knew, some of them we didn't know. And it was just really uh, a blessing as God blessed in those times. I will say, there's one person that we didn't get to see. I don't know if some of you remember her. Anran, who stayed with us, who um, we missed her. But we did get to see Sujan and a bunch of other Chinese that we wanted to see there, too. So God richly blessed. Thank you so much for all your prayers, because I know without the prayers and without us stepping in faith, he could not have done that. And so I thank the Lord. And if you want to hear the details on those stories, you'll just have to talk to us later. Thanks. Before I get started, I want to ask Joe to come up here. But you, O Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The only reason I asked Joel to come up here, Joel and I spent numerous and numerous times in prayer over the phone. I had originally to share what I originally had been through. And 
lo and behold, the Lord changed it yesterday after what happened Thursday. I told a few of you what happened. Thursday, I had my hearing for my son's visitation in the afternoon. Jim Grinnell would have been there, but he had something to do. He says, I'll be praying for you. And he asked that me, my cousin, and the lawyer handle it ourselves. And while I was waiting for the lawyer to get there, seeing my ex and her husband coming in, I was going, oh, no. And I remember some of the prayers that Joe and I prayed. No matter what I go through, the Lord's going to be with me. And one of the things him and I constantly and constantly prayed about is my son David. I told a few of you this morning, starting this week, on Wednesday and the 4th, he's going to be home for a day visit. And after that, he's going to be able to stay with me for overnight. I'm really thankful the Lord hears our prayers, even when two of us get together. I'm wearing this black jacket because my armpits are totally, (laughs) I'm not good at this. But this is a result of the prayer advance. And I think um, what happened to me started at the night of, let me take a deep breath. The night of prayer for the nations, I could actually see the results of people praying. Not everyone, but just like one or two people I could see. I could see the spirit moving across Cambodia. I could see doctors um, ministering in Egypt. And I could see not all of it, but it was just, for lack of a better word, it was cool. So the next morning, um, I was in devotions, and the Lord just descended on me. And um, he said, I've given you the gift of faith. And he said, it's for TCF and my kids. But that was kind of like later on. But specifically for TCF. Now, I've been going to another church occasionally on Fridays and, you know, just didn't say anything about that, just said mainly TCF. So I think that's kind of cool because he must have some kind of plans for TCF anyway. Um, But then he also gave a confirmation, which was um, years ago when I was like six or seven, my mother had given me this little um, glass heart with a mustard seed in it. And he said, I was the one that gave that to you. So I had forgotten all about it. Anyway, that's it. Well, forgive me. That's my first time I do, do all of you, you know. Anyway, uh, um, I worked at AOM for about going on four years, and every Sunday, I've been working every Sunday. I've been praying to God to give me a 
give me uh, eight hours a day, five, four days, uh, five days a week, off Saturday and Sunday. That way I can have fellowship there at TCF and continue. So one day, this uh, guy, one the manager, come by and says, Congratulations, man. Your job is done. Your job is it's yours. You have Monday through Friday. And I'm off Saturday to Sunday, so praise the Lord. I'm here praising God with hear you all on Sunday. And God does answer prayers. Amen. Amen about that. Thank you. God, I know, is uh, he's real good all the time. Um, been trying to get my son down here, my grandsons, and my daughter-in-law. It's been a year, and uh, the Lord opened them doors through prayer and faith. He opened them doors, and my son and them are down here now, and uh, we're going to be coming to church here. So thank you, guys. Give God all the glory. It's great to be back. Um, it's hard, but it's great. Um, so just a few days ago, I got back from Spain. I was there for a month, and I just want to thank everyone. Those of you who prayed for me, I know several really had the burden to pray for me. I really appreciate it. Um, God did so many amazing things, but I wanted to share one specific um, answer to prayer. It's just God's timing is perfect. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I was supposed to go in January, ended up having to wait till June. But anyways, um, one thing that happened while I was there was a couple that I got to know um, through my hostess said to me, oh, you're working with this Arab ministry. We really want you to meet our ad adopted daughter. They kind of had taken this girl in. Her name is Noura, and she's from Morocco. She's Muslim, um, but she's very open um, she's kind of rejected a few things about Islam anyway. So I got to meet her, and she's actually uh, handicapped, so she's in an electric wheelchair. Um, that doesn't stop her. She's very outgoing, very social. Um, and uh, her, she's living in a very difficult situation, though she's living with her parents there in Barcelona. But um, her father hasn't spoken to her in three years because she refuses to wear the head covering, a um, couple other things. She's been studying. He doesn't want her to study. Um, she's a very smart girl, speaks three languages. But we really connected, and she's just a beautiful, beautiful person inside and out. I just love her so much. And God's heart of love for her is so huge. Um, so I invited her to a special event at the Arabic church. Um, that I am a part of there in Barcelona. And she went with me. She got to meet other Arabs who are Christians. You know, she's Muslim, but she met them, and she was just amazed. Oh, you're Arab, or you must be Muslim. No, I'm a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. <laughs> she was, but she really made connections and loved it. And um, so they invited her to come back, and it was, it was just a special dinner. So there was no service, no worship, no teaching. Um, but they invited her, please come back whenever you want to. And so we left, and she said, Sarah, I want to go back next week. So I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so I took her back the next week, which was uh, last Sunday, and it was just a normal service, worship in Arabic, service in Arabic, prayer in Arabic, and all this. And um, I was just praying for her the whole time, and she just sat there through it all, just, you know, just very wide-eyed, just sitting there. And... Um, 
And when I, I, when I left Spain a couple uh, day, a few days ago, it was really hard parting with her because we really had made a connection. She was just begging me, sir, you have to come back. You're such a good friend to me. Um, and I just have a lot of love for her. And I do feel like I'm supposed to go back, but that's another story. But anyway, so I thought I need to um, tell people at the church, please follow up with Nurda, please invite her back, you know. So I come home, and I've just been trying to reacclimate, and everything's so hard to adjust to. And so today's Sunday, and I got a, this morning I got a text from my friend Mackenzie, another missionary there, and she said, Sarah, Nurda's here with us at church, and she says she misses you. And I just started crying because God is good to follow up on her because I didn't, I forgot. And she's there, and she's there now. And I've just been thinking of her nonstop because she went on her own, which is a big deal because she is handicapped in an electric wheelchair, and it takes her sometimes an hour waiting at the train station for the right train to come by. She can get on. I did it with her twice. It's quite a ordeal to try to get into t- into town because she's a bit outside of town, and then waiting up to an hour afterwards to get. It's just, and she went by herself on her own and and got there, and she's there now. And I'm just so grateful to the Lord because I feel like she's so ripe for God to just get a hold of her. And it's I can tell there's something there that she really wants. She's really. Um, God is pursuing her. God is just pursuing her. And I just was praying this morning and pray now, God, please touch Nordo's heart. Please um, bring her into relationship with Jesus and let her see that, you know, Jesus is, is the son of God. And so if you can think of Nordo, please pray for her. She's at church now. I'm so excited. So praise God. Thank you for praying for me. And I think it was just the right time for me to be there because I have just so many stories. But um, that's just one so God's good doing good things. First of all, don't eat this mic. Okay. I just want to thank everybody for their prayers for my family. Just let you know that we're doing a lot better. Um, first of all, for Spencer, he's probably 100% back as far as his brain stroke, and the fact of the matter is that if he didn't have that brain stroke, he probably would have died because he has a bigger aneurysm that it was putting pressure on, and that actually was God's grace in preserving his life and not hindering it, and he has no side effects from it as far as brain damage or anything, and he's getting his strength back now, and he says he feels about 90% back. He's sick this morning, but he's doing really good, so praise God for that, and I think this morning I just was praying, and I really feel like God has showed me that I'm getting better as my neck is healing amazingly enough there's i can't tell you how many people give me advice all the time on what to do especially working at the health zone every single day i get another doctor and you should go here and there and i'm like well i don't have the money to try 100 different doctors i'm sorry but i don't say that i'm just saying you just pray and you say lord what am i supposed to do well one lady came to the health zone is like you should go see this doctor i'm like wow that sounds great and the first visit's free, so I thought, well, I can go and check it out. And then the next day, she comes in the health zone, and she said, by the way, I'm paying for you to have two more visits after that. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go check him out. And he's a, found out he's a chiropractor, but he's an active release specialist. And he can get inside my neck and get the muscles that no one else has been able to get into and release them. And it would help for the day, but it really wouldn't help overall. But now that I've been doing it for a couple months, I feel like I'm getting better. And I can, my brain's a little clearer. I can think again. I feel like... 
I can do, be a normal person. And um, I just feel like I'm on the road to recovery. And I'm just so thankful because I was wondering if I'd ever get better. I thought I was going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. So I'm just praising, praising God for answer to prayer. And, and, you know, I knew this before, but God really, every day, this is what I would do is just like, Lord, my life isn't to question you. My life isn't to understand. My life is to serve. And I can't serve if I don't have strength. I can't do the things you want me to do. So I'm just here waiting and just doing everything I can. But I just want us to always remember that, you know, God has a plan. And I see things that he's doing through all of this. But he has a plan and a purpose, and we don't have to see it or understand it. That's our job to serve. So. Okay, we're going to have to cut, cut out some of the fancy parts. Uh, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, uh, if somebody had asked me, are you a Christian? I would have said, yeah, of course. I, I got raised in the First Presbyterian Church. I was baptized. I'm a Christian. Uh, but sometimes it takes something else in your life to let you know that's not all there is to it. Uh, okay, cut out that part. Cut out that part. So uh, here I am in Norway back in 1975. How many people have been to Norway? How long, would you, how long did you live there? Okay. If you've ever lived in Norway, uh, winter is dreary. It's not only cold, it's cloudy. It's gray. It's just totally overcast and, you know, causes some mental problems if you're not careful. So I'd been there a couple of months, and my wife had given me this book called The Normal Christian Life by a fellow named Larry Christensen, I think it was. And, and I was reading that, and it said something in there that if you're sincere in your heart and you ask God if he's real, he'll do something to prove it to you. And I thought, okay, I'll give that a chance. So I remember standing in this little tiny hotel room looking out the window at a dull gray sky that had been that way for months, and I just prayed. I said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And the cloud opened up, just a little pinhole, in a brilliant shaft of life. You've seen that, you know, when the clouds will open up and it'll be this beam of light? And I was looking right at it. It was aimed right at me for about a minute. And that was the last sunshine I saw for another two months. So if that's not an answer to prayer, I don't know how more specific you can, you can be. Okay. Well, ever since uh, Debbie's car accident or bike accident, I had been praying. And four weeks ago, the week before I left, I prayed with her, and she couldn't do some of the exercise very well. And then last week, I called her up and I asked her how she was doing. And she said she could do some of her exercises better. And she was able, she was feeling a lot better. And then today, I saw her and she's walking without her walker. And so I've been praying constantly. And, and that was my God always, he's been good to me and to Debbie as well. <laughs> And so he answered my prayer. 
Well, that's weird, because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> but I really thank you for all your prayers. As you know, uh, Debbie was riding her bike. Uh, she got tired. She swerved out into traffic. She didn't get hit by a truck. She actually, uh, she actually tried to take the truck out. <laughs> and she ended up in a ditch with a concussion. And she lost uh, two days of her memory. And uh, I think there's still a little bit left that she needs to regain. But uh, it was God's miracle. It was, uh, there were angels there. I can't imagine a truck uh, hitting her at, you know, 40 miles an hour and somebody surviving. And so I want to thank you for all of your prayers. I want to thank you just for being there for her, all, all of the, um, the meals, everything. It's such a blessing to be a part of this body. Um, and uh, amen. Thank you. I just wanted to start by thanking you all for praying for me when I was a baby. I, those of you who don't know, I was very sick as a little baby. And so I was so sick I could have died. And I just wanted to thank all of you for praying for me during that time. And tomorrow, actually, I will be turning 18. And that is a very big miracle. Thank you. Well, um, I'm loud. <laughs> Um, I haven't been in front of people a lot since I lived in Tulsa seven years or eight years ago. But anyway, I just wanted to say there's two things that have taught me a big lesson over... I was in California for 40 year, 42 years, and that time I was single. And before that, I had married at 18. I was marrying a Pentecostal minister's son. I was going to be a minister's wife. I'd been trained for my brother was a Pentecostal minister. I ironed these white shirts. I did everything. And I was very saddened. And I had two children. I made a big mistake in my grieving. I married another fellow and had a child. She grew up to be an alcoholic because she'd gone to live with her dad and got on drugs. And so at that time, she was okay with me. But anyway, I raised the two children alone. And I had fabulous jobs. I, the Lord... I have to write down, I just won't believe all the things the Lord made me meet unbelievable people that most people never would get to meet. I had short jobs, long jobs, and I was traveling on the freeway one day, probably about two or three years before I met Bud, and, and it was amazing. I was listening to the Christian radio, and there was this talk show, and one the head person was having people call in, and he had a visitor with him. And this fellow said, why does God do, let things, bad things happen to good people? And that's the big, you know, thing of the universe. And so anyway, he said, the fellow was visiting, says, well, I look at Job. And um, he said, I believe that Job was being taught a lesson from God that was, Job, I see the big picture. You do not see the big picture. You have no idea. We all are on this journey. This is this is a test. 
and I pulled over to the side and I cried because my mother had written me for years. She was a wonderful Pentecostal uh, woman and my grandfather had been a, a minister at the age of 24. He was a Pentecostal minister and he got into that flu that wiped out Kansas and, and he died at the age of 24. So my, do- my mom always tried to do everything perfect, you know, for the Lord. He prayed for me every day. And I cried, and I said, that's the answer. I don't have to know everything now. I'm not going to be judged by things I don't know. But I was always complaining, you know, why am I being humiliated? At some jobs, I would be humiliated in some little way. And I was sensitive, I guess. And I, one person said to me in, in a small meeting, said, God humiliates us. I mean, he humbles us. That's how we're humiliated. It's humbling. And so that helped. And so my whole life is just, an, it's an unbelievable miracle because I met Bud exactly 40 years after I'd been in California. And, and, it, and it was impossible. I'll, there's no way you'd believe that we'd meet. There was no, no way. I would have never gone to the church, nothing. I mean, it was just a miracle. So I'll put that in my book, okay? we're in a season of transition in several ways, several levels. And um, you ever seen on America's Funniest Home Videos, guys on the vine swinging out over the creek and he lets go and then he looks like an idiot as he goes from up in the air down to the water, lands on his stomach to go, ooh! Well, we're, (laughs) we're in the middle of letting go of the vine and when you're up in the air like that, you feel kind of vulnerable. You feel like an idiot sometimes. And uh, we've been praying for answers, praying for direction, praying for God to confirm his will, to make it clear, show us the next step, all those things. And we believe that he will. But his timing isn't always our timing, is it? While we're waiting for those things to come, God has, instead of bringing those things right away, has instead brought a lot of encouragement along the way. He's brought to us testimony after testimony after testimony of other people who have been there, other people who have felt what we're feeling, people who have gone through some of the same things and who have found God's will, God's direction, God's confirmation after that. And I'm just very grateful that while we're waiting, while we're flying through the air without anything to hold on to, it it feels like God's brought encouragement alongside to strengthen our faith so that we can wait as, as we need to. This is my neighbor, uh, Katrina Johnson, and she has a testimony about her daughter. And it's totally about God answers prayers. Um, it was probably nine months ago. I got a call early in the morning. I didn't answer it. It was like something told me don't answer it. Phone kept ringing and didn't answer. Then one of my daughters came beating on the door, Mama, Mama, Mama. My daughter, one of my daughters, she got shot. She had witnessed a robbery, and the person didn't want to leave any witnesses. She had ran outside and seen another lady walking down the street and thought everything would be fine, but the guy came running out after her 
the lady who was walking down the street, he shot her in the back of the head. She died right then. And he looked at my daughter, and she said she begged him, please, I have children, don't kill me. He shot her in the chest. She said she fell to the ground, <clears throat> and she heard another sound. He shot her in the head. And when I got the news, they was like, we don't know if she's dead or alive. And then people start calling. She don't have no nose. She don't have no lip. And I was like, no, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. And I kind of went to the other side. But I, when I remember coming back through, I was saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So you said you wouldn't put me through no more than I can bear. And I can't. I can't lose her. And you know, the doctors gave her 24 hours. And I haven't even went out there. I said, I don't want to see it. But God told me, that is my word. And she's going to be fine. Don't you worry about it. Go into the hospital and call all the prayer warriors that you know. I called Laura, my auntie, everybody that I know was strong prayer warriors. And I said, we got to pray for Michaela. And I got to the hospital, the doctor said, it's a miracle. I don't know what happened. Everything's turned around. And right to this day, she's fine. God really answers prayers. And that's what I want everybody to know. So just trust in him. Well, we're not really here to play top that testimony, so... I think that uh, maybe we should stop with that one because that was really powerful, isn't it? God does hear our prayers, amen? And, uh, you know, this, this morning's theme came from a suggestion that Sue Wright had several months ago, came to the elders and wanted to start a wall of testimony in our prayer room. And if you've not been in there, you might go in there and read that uh, with the very idea that when we hear answers to prayer it encourages us in our prayers because we see that God is faithful and we know from scripture that God is faithful but he gives us this wonderful experience experiential thing too that uh, that confirms his faithfulness amen so it's been good thank you all for uh, for coming to testify to God's goodness to God's answers to prayer thank you all also for you, do, you did a great job. You stuck with the theme. You stuck with the, the timing and all that and allowed us to hear from several different people. So let's, uh, first of all, let me remind you that we're going to have a benevolence offering here at the end of the service. This is just a basket here. If you desire to uh, help with our benevolence fund, you can leave an offering in that basket. We're having our potluck following the service. I hope that uh, many or most of you will be able to stay for that. Uh, you're welcome to stay, even if you forgot, oh, gee, I forgot. Um, you're welcome to stay, and there's almost always plenty for us to eat, okay? Uh, just a few instructions. Uh, parents with small children, if you go through the line back here with your kids. And we're going to pray for the meal now, so you can go anytime uh, following the service after you've visited and picked up your stuff. You can go back and uh, go right through the line, and uh, we'll enjoy a meal with each other. Amen? Let's all stand together. Let me read that passage.